This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. This is Jeremy and Eric here with Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. On this episode of Bucket Talk, I got my brother-in-law that's coming on with us. His name's John Shevlin and owns a company called Shevlin Construction. But before we uh, get into all that, Eric, what's been going on? Actually, it's one of the first times in the past three years since starting Brunt where I took some scheduled time off, was able to take Thursday and Friday off last week, obviously rolling into the weekend. So a nice four-day stretch and take both my little guys, my five-year-old and almost two-year-old up to New Hampshire with my wife. And it was good to kind of unplug a little bit, not fully unplugged, but um, be in a different environment, do some fishing with the little guy off the back of the truck on the side of a lake, go to a place called Santa's Village and get him a ton of ice cream and do a bunch of stuff. So it was a good change of pace for what I've been into for the past three years. How about you, Jeremy? <laughs> so last night, uh, all the grass in the pasture is getting a little long. So I went out there and I was mowing with the Kubota and it doesn't matter how many years you've been operating. It's still, uh, one of those things that you got to pay attention. I actually slid off our bank into our drainage ditch and I had the Kubota pretty much on its side, kicked me right off the tractor and, uh, took me a little, little bit of time. I didn't even have to chain it and pull it out. I was thinking tow truck or piece of excavation equipment, but I was able to maneuver it and drive it out. Me, my father laughing at me, <laughs> but yeah, no, everything's good up here on the farm. Nice to hear. Nice to hear. All right, let's dig in. All right. We're here with my brother-in-law, John Shevlin of Shevlin Construction. John, welcome. Pleasure. Thank you guys. Awesome. Awesome. So Dude, I've heard your story about a fucking million times, but I am willing to unleash you on the world and definitely let people hear your story. It's it's super unique and definitely will resonate with a lot of people, but just kind of want to go back to where you came from, how you got your start, and uh, just as far back as you want to go, John. I haven't heard the story yet, ever, so, <laughs> so, so Jeremy passes Well, out. you're in for a fucking phenomenal ride. <laughs> that's what you're in for, because that's what it is, and it's a journey. I first moved here in uh, 1997, uh, just turned 15 years old. I moved to Queens, New York. From Ireland. With my old... From Ireland, correct. And like I said, 1997 with my brother, who's Bernard, by the way, who's a great guy, Finnish guy. That's all he's ever done his whole career is Finnish work. And long story short, I was the baby of 10. So when I moved here, he taught me to trade. So I did finish and framing for probably five years, I believe, in Queens, New York. I moved into Massachusetts about 2000 and 2000. And I took the trade, of course, from there to here. Loved it. Great trade. And then, of course, went to school here in East Sound Meadow, where, where we're from. Yeah. And I brought it from there. Uh, opened up my own company, which we are right now, about a year ago. And here we are. Those are big transitions. Those are huge, <laughs> those are huge transitions. 
So tell us a little bit about some of the big ones. Like, yeah, tell us about Queens. So you came over here from Ireland. You know, obviously you and your brother were down in the city. Um, what was some of the work you were doing? What were some of the conditions like? The work that we were doing in Queens was we were building. We weren't going any higher than five stories. So we would do, it was all wood framing. Yeah. Everything was wood framing. So we would go from ground up. It was nothing was higher than five. We did do something taller, which was, I believe the tallest I did was about 20 stories. But that was all, you know, of course, concrete out, out shell. And then it was all metal framing from there. So that's what we did for those years that I was there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What was the scene like? You guys were just working and partying or was it just working? We, we just worked and party. That's what contractors do, man. <laughs> we, we all have our, we all have our own things, right? Contractors, uh, as far as me, like uh, as far as framers and, and, uh, Finnish guys, you know, we like our beer. And then of course you get the she rockers. They love their <laughs> weed. That's, that's how it is. You know, yeah. that's, that's, we all have our own little thing, you know, yeah. painters are the same. They love their weed. You know, it's just, it's, that's just how it is. She rockers shit in buckets. We don't, we shit in the basements. They shit in buckets. That's how it is. That's the trade, you know? Yeah. yeah. So anything, anything cool down there? Or was it just, it was just learning the trade kind of, 100%. It was learning the trade. I came here at a young, very young age. I was thrown into it. Never went to school until I came up to East Island Meadow area, but I never went to school. So I did, I was just thrown into it, which was great. Yeah. And it was the best experience I've ever had in my entire life because now that's my living. That's what I now support my family with. My home is this living. It sucked at the time because you're a little bitch. <laughs> you do you do what what's told to do right that's the trade you know yeah, so yeah. you dig a hole or you go pick up fucking garbage or you go pick up cow shit that's the bottom yeah, yeah. and now you see yourself work from that all the way up to what you have now it's such a dream that's the dream and that's america it's such a beautiful yeah. dream yeah. Love it. All right. So you now go up 91 all the way up to Massachusetts. Are you working for other companies? You working for your brother? You working on your own? Yeah. Huh? So no, I started off from all the way up here and I actually, believe it or not, I went to East Meadow high school for the first time. I've never went to school in my entire life. That was the first <laughs> time I've ever went to school I actually, ever in my entire life. I actually went to school with John. We played football together. It was, no, it was, I right. never, I never thought that he'd be the one to marry my sister, but um, it was funny. We were in a couple of the same classes. He was a great ahead of me, but he was like, but what are you like? Four years older than me. He's like four years you know, old. About a foot tall. And about I, you know, I, I was a freshman in high school at 22. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a few grades older than you. Yes. And uh, that was my first time ever stepping foot in school, ever, in my entire life. We were made to work. Yeah. That's yep. what, back in the generation, I'm not going to say, you know, my country, that's what you do. Because, you know, it, it's a generation. You know, that's that's what you know. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, when I moved up here, my brother met a very nice lady and they got married and they said, Hey, John, you listen, the only way you can survive in kind of this town that we're in, you have to go to school and get a diploma, you know? And I'm like, school, what the, what the fuck is that? You know? So (laughs) whatever I did it. Yeah. So I did high school. I graduated 
And then I worked for a company which was called DKM Builders, which were awesome, great guys, uh, Irish guy, Mike Donovan. And I framed houses for them for, oh boy, almost nine years. I was with those guys. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing over and over and over again. Framing is awesome. Love it. Love framing. But, you know, I wanted something different. Sucks in the wintertime? The wintertime sucks. Of course. I mean, you're in New England. You know, you, it's like the weather, right? The weatherman lies. The best job in the world. So, <laughs> you know, they say, hey, it's going to be just an inch of snow and you wake up and it's fucking four feet. Now I got to get up shovel my own fucking driveway. And then I got to go to a home and shovel that home because we have to work the next day. You don't shovel, you don't work. Yeah. That's the way of life. That's the way of framing. So framing, framing's a tough gig. Summertime, yeah. it's a box. You frame a home, there's no roof. What's inside that box? Complete heat. It takes a different mindset to do something like that. And it's awesome. Great trade. You went from Donovan's and then you started doing fire calls, right? So I was with them for a long time. They kind of like slowed down. They went out of business. And then I worked for a company called Davio Construction. And I was with them for uh, probably about five to seven years. I was in around there, five or seven years. Same thing, frame and finish work. And I took over their, yes, their fire calls, which is called. So if there was a fire at the house, you would get called out at any time. Doesn't matter if it's during the day or at night. And you would go out, you would board up all their windows, the doors, obviously make an access door for the firefighters to come in and out. So I did that for quite a while. Yeah, it was, it was close to probably three wow. years before I left, I did that. It's actually a phenomenal for trades that are out there that are small businesses. Who, whoever listens to this, honestly, that is a unbelievable trade to get into to start your business from ground up. Obviously, it's you're getting paid from insurance companies, which is kind of yeah. hard because insurance companies are difficult to get paid from. But it is a great trade for a small business to get into to build your reputation because you go out there and again, you have to work whenever they call you, you leave. So you board up all the windows, whatever the firefighters damage on a roof, you got to tarp it, do your thing. And then you got to leave them an access door. So it's, if it's a plywood door with a lock, you give them the combination so they can walk in and out. So yes, that's actually a big thing in our trade and people don't realize it, but it's huge. Especially in Springfield, huh? Especially, well, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got, we got a lot of fires in Springfield. <laughs> Especially winter. People like that love winter because you know, Hey, that's how you make your money. Yeah. In Springfield, is it, Ah, can't pay my mortgage. Let's torch this place and get the insurance money. Or is it more the houses are old and, and, and they go up and No, well, no, it's not, it's not that they can afford it. It's, it's more of, um, you know, it's like anywhere, you know, you have assistant living, you know, like people who need that extra help and, you know, it's people who are spending state money basically who are paying, you know, like section eight, which is fine. You know, you got all of that. It's people who live in these homes that, they don't own the home. So there's a lot of it's careless. It's careless work. You know, is it, you know, if I leave my home and I see a candle, I'm going to blow it out. If I leave a home and it's not mine, I'm just walking out the door. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's right. Good point. So that's how these accidents happen. And it's not, not being them being careless. They, you know, it's just not that I don't care. It's just, they're not being aware. 
these things happen and it's, and it's, it's huge. And around this area, it's monstrous. And that, like I said, small businesses, they make a lot of money off of that. Yep. So after that, you, you decided to go out on your own or is there? No, I went to, um, so I was with them guys for quite a while. And then I joined uh, local 108, which is the union. So I was with those guys for about four years. I was with those guys. So I did a lot of framing for what the company was called Sentry Drywall. And uh, they are based out of Worcester, Boston area. And my first project I worked with those was the six buildings at UMass. We built six buildings for UMass. We're all dormitories. So I was with them for uh, about five or six years. I was in around there. Yeah. So then after that, then I left. Why'd you leave the union? Um, it's not for me. So I started off at residential. If you start off at residential, residential from commercial union. And when I say commercial union, it's two different things. Because I do commercial now as I own my own business, but I'm not union. So union has a lot of rules and regulations, which is fine. That's what you buy into, right? So... That being said, like they have, you know, whatever, I'm not a smoker, but you can't smoke on the job site or, you know, you have to go by safety rules, which is great. You know, you have to wear your hard hat, glasses, safety vest, you know, steel toe boots, all of that, which is awesome. That's a good safety thing, but it's all about politics. It's not for me. I'm not that type of guy. I like to go out there, do my own thing. And even my guys who work for me, I want them to be comfortable. I don't want them to have to be walking on shelves every time they're on my job. You guys got laid off a few times too, right? You had to deal with long layoffs. Yeah, and that's the other thing. And that's called, they either call us the barcode or sit the bench. That's you. You always have a nickname. And if you're good at what you do, you're always going to have work. Luckily, I always had work. But a lot of my friends that I met in the union they sat the bench. Like you said, you're a barcode or a number. You get called when you get called. Yeah. So they pick the next guy that's better than that guy. Yeah. That's when you get called. So union's tough. I'm not saying it's about great benefits. You know, they're a good, it's a good group, good group of guys. You know, it's all, it stretches from everything, landscaping, uh, framing, you know, it goes from all of that. It's, it's, it's awesome, but it's just not for me. It's not my, it's not my deal. So you left the, the local and then you moved to, what was the next stop in John's journey? So I left local and I went to my last company before I opened up this, which was called Cornerstone. And I was with them for almost seven, little under seven years. So Cornerstone Construction, we did a lot of um, state work, which I loved. It wasn't union. It was non-union, but it was all rate work, which, you know, you make really good money. You know, you're in that 65 to $80 an hour range. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a lot of uh, schools. It wasn't huge projects. It was more like, like we went to a lot of schools and did vestibules, especially now, like all of these, you know, obviously shootings that are going on in schools. So we would do these vestibules where you would have to walk in and it's basically a security room. Oh, really? So that's what we did. Wow. We, we built security rooms around. So you would come up a set of stairs to go to the school, but you would walk into this 
huge vestibule that we would build and it was completely security. So it was all bulletproof glass up against, you know, for to talk to the secretary or whoever was there. Uh, you'd have a security guard. So we built those for six years as I, when I was with them. Yeah. So it was all security rooms, basically we would do for the schools and we would do a lot more, you know, post office, same thing. We would do a lot of security rooms like that for post offices. Wow. Wow. In the back. So if they ever got robbed or if something ever happened, they could run into that security room in the back and it was all like bulletproof. Everything was, they were secure. So that's what I did with those guys for five or six years. Which is crazy. I understand the schools, but like a post office, like if someone wants to come and steal the mail, like steal the goddamn mail. Like Right, right. But like Eric, like you were saying, like you know how much cash yeah, and I never yeah. realized that. You know how much cash as birthday cards or oh, a yeah, gift card yeah, or something. You know how much stuff sense. goes through a post office. Oh yeah, a actually, lot. I a never lot. realized because I always said it. I said it when I first started with my boss. You know, I, you know, and I became the lead guy, one of the lead guys for yeah. that company, and he would send me these things, and I'm like, why the hell are we building these things? It's a freaking post office. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 he, he yeah. told me, he said, John, do you understand how many gift cards that yeah. go through that place? You know how much cash goes through that one post office for a birthday yeah. or, a, or a graduation party? That's a good. They're good all point. high. So exactly. So, you know, people in even me, myself as a carpenter, you don't realize that until you actually do it. And it's like, holy shit, you're freaking right. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. It's like, mini, it's like a mini bank almost. It, it is a mini bank inside. with cash. <laughs> yeah. Like we always joke around, like a lot of people, I, I don't know if it's good to say, but a lot of people say, always say they go after like these big bank trucks and yeah. try to take them over. Do you understand how much money is probably in a post office truck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. that's why we built these things. That's why we're hitting a slow spur here, Bronx. So we're <laughs> going to talk to you next week, <laughs> right? Right. So uh, yeah, that was actually my last journey before. Now I have my own business. Got it. So tell us a little bit about that. It was last year that I did a lot of travel. That's the thing. When I worked for Cornerstone, a, a great company, great boss, love the guy. I talk to him all the time. Awesome guy. I just got tired. I traveled to our area was New Haven to Boston. You know, that was our area. So we did, we did a lot of travel, tons of travel. I did that for six years and it just, I, it weared down on me. So I just didn't want to do it anymore. You got two young ones and travel was just. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm not getting home, but I did. I did a lot of side work to make sex extra money. Even though I made good money, it's still not good enough. My wife, of course, Jeremy's sister, you know, she, she stayed home to care of my kids. So for me to send her to work, I was losing money. Believe it or not, I would pick up extra side work after work. So I wasn't getting home. I'd leave at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. I wasn't getting home till nine, 10 o'clock at night. I did that for six years with this company and I, I just couldn't do it no more. So my kids are getting older. Like Jeremy said, they're getting older. I'm missing out in their sports. And I, they would ask me all the time. And that's, that's, it killed me. It's, it's a tough trade. Our, our trades are tough. No matter what you win, it's a tough trade. So I said to hell with it. So me and Brent, of course, talked and 
I said, fuck it. Let's give it a, let's give it a go. So we've been in business now almost 10 months and I'm booked out till next February. Wow. wow. You know, so it's, it's, it's awesome. People always say to me, are you nervous if, you know, the market tanks, if you're good at what you do and that's me, you guys selling your product or anybody else out there in this trade, if you're good at what you do, you'll always be busy. Yep. You'll always be busy. Oh yeah. You'll always be loyal to your product. If you're not, I always tell my guys, if you're not loyal to the job that you do and the job that the product that you're putting in, you're never going to survive in this business yep. ever. Yep. And that's any business. You have to be loyal to the product that you're giving to people. And if you are, you will always be busy. Nice. Always. I love that. I love that. I love that. So you always be busy. I am loyal to the job that I do to every people's homes, every commercial building that I do. A lot of people will say, oh, it's a commercial building. Just go in and do it. I treat them no different if it's my own home. Because I'm loyal to it, and I'm going to give you the best product that I can give you. There you go. It's very simple. And that's why I always say to people, I will never be slow because I am very good at what I do. I don't care. No, I love that. I love that. We've seen that actually here here at the new (laughs) office and things. Right. Right. And you learn as you grow, right? I mean, I've been in this business a long time. I've seen a lot of shysters. I've seen a lot of good guys. The good guys that I've learned from and learned this trade from, they were loyal people and they're very successful to this day. Yeah. A lot of them. And me, you guys, new businesses like me, you guys, and 10 other businesses that I know, if you are loyal, you are going to be very successful. Very. Yep. So obviously 10 months into the new company, you guys are booked out pretty much indefinitely and probably continuing What's the thing that you and, and your wife lose sleep over? Like, what's your biggest challenge right now? Is it, is it keep it up with the pace? Is it, is it labor? Is it? Uh... It's a few things. So um, help, huge. No one's in our trade. And I don't know why. So in our area, I don't know about Boston area or, or in, you know, other states, but indefinitely in Springfield, Western Mass area, you know, we, we do not have the help. We don't have kids. When I say kids, kids are like 21, 22 coming up and joining our trade. We yeah. don't have it. And I actually have talked to a lot of my buddies who are still in the union to this day. They're lifers. They'll never leave the same thing. They don't see kids coming up and joining the union. So it's a dying trade big time. Big time dying trade. It's very hard to find a good guy, reliable, on time, with a vehicle, and has some sort of knowledge. You don't find that no more. It's dying. It's killing us. And it's sad because when I grew up, if you weren't first, you're you're last. That's just it. If you're not first, you're last. Good luck, buddy. You know, if you're not showing up at five o'clock in the morning to get on that job site and you don't even know the guy, you didn't even call him. I remember those days. You would just show up. You'd find a job site. You'd see help wanted. You get there. Job site starts at seven. You're there at 530 in the morning because you want to be first. Because if you're not, you're last. You're out. You're gone. Times have changed since you've come up, huh? 
and times have changed. Now this is what we're dealing with. And I'm not saying, you know, kids aren't trying, but they're definitely not trying in our trade. 100%. We've called Jeremy's sister, my wife. She's called many trade schools in our area. And every teacher that she's talked to said, we don't have anybody. Everybody's going for either landscaping or uh, mechanic, which is fine. But as a carpenter in our world, is it's completely dying. It's hard. All the good guys are working. Interesting. Interesting. So that's the number one thing you're facing. What what about being a, a new business owner is? Uh, like I said, I love doing um, commercial work. I love residential too. I love commercial work because it's uh, straightforward. You have a print. You're given that print. You do your thing. And I guarantee you there's a lot of guys, if, if they listen to this, and there's a lot of guys out there that are going to agree with me because it's commercial is is very... It's just, like I said, straightforward. You have that print. You do what they ask. If there's a problem, you go to whoever's in charge or you talk to the architect and say, how much is that going to cost? You tell them the cost, fix it, let's do it. Residential, whole different ball game. That's such a tough, tough business to be in as a residential. And the toughest part is customer and your money. You're always chasing money in residential constantly it's a it's a battle you constantly chase no absolutely no we've seen that actually our new office we've actually seen we've had commercial people do some work we've had a residential people the work coming out of the commercial folks was not up to our standard we actually had the residential side do some commercial work because the quality was actually much higher yeah honestly yes yeah 100 percent. like i said i've been in this trade of 25 years Okay. I love both, but I love commercial that little bit more. Like you said, Eric, it's, it's the quality we give is much better because we know you, you you don't have to chase. We don't like to chase. If you want us there and we're there and we do your job and you're very happy. And this has happened to me many, many times in residential and you're extremely happy. And then three days later, I call you for my check and they say, Oh, uh, I'll get it to you by the end of the week. I haven't heard from them in three weeks. You're constantly chasing your money. The commercial work, they don't have a choice. It's the actual law. They have to pay you within 90 days. So I don't have to chase it. I know it's going to come within that 90-day period. John, I got a question for you. If you were a new guy getting into the trade, what is the number one thing, the number one brand the number one tool, what is the number one thing you'd tell them to either save up and buy or show up to the job site with? Well, if you're in my trade, every trade is different. Of course, sheet rockers, carpenters, landscape, every trade is different. So you, they ask for different things. My trade as a carpenter, number one thing is when we say, do you have your belt? Well, we ask for a belt. You ask for a tool belt. What's inside that tool belt? Easy. You have your tool belt, you got your hammer, you got a square, of course, a pencil, pair of snips. What else do you have? You have um, <laughs> a tape, measuring tape. They're, they're your number one things you have to have. Yeah. If you don't have those, then you're going to fail the very first day. Yeah. You're going to walk around with, with like a headless chicken. That's what you're going <laughs> to do because you have nothing. You got to right? be able to read and the fucking it, tape too. 
Well, first of all, that's uh, you took the word right out of my mouth, Jeremy. That, that's another. I came from Ireland. I know how to read both metric and American, right? American is the only one who does the system. I have two kids right now that don't even know how to read the measuring tape, and they're Americans. That shows you what they're being fucking taught, which is absolutely garbage. Nothing. They're not being taught. So you're telling me that you don't know your fractions? That is the easiest freaking thing. Count your lines. It's very simple, right? Fractions and angles. And that's, that's fractions and angles, man. But even the angles, whatever. You don't know them. All we want you to do, if I yell out to you, hey, I'm on, a, on top of a roof, and I, I have an angled roof, a cut-up roof, and I yell to you, listen, this plywood right here I want is, you know, 67 and 3 eighths. You better know where the hell that three eighths line is. If I get that thing wrong, you know, two story high, I'm going to be pissed. It don't work that way. Right? Yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can understand if someone came from some different part of the country, even Canada, they're not even on our system or, you know, wherever, anywhere in Europe. I get it. You're in centimeters. You're, you know, it's the whole different system, but holy shit, you're a kid from this country. That's what we're dealing with right now. It's, it's tough. It's very, very hard, and it's a dying trade. All right. So this has been awesome hearing all the uh, one, the transition to America, the journey to kind of where you are now, still early on, but super excited to hear it. But when you are able to unplug and unwind from a new business, which is only 10 months old, 11 months old, which is probably never, what do you like forget your wife or Jeremy's sister for a minute. She might be in that picture. She might not. But what's the one thing that you like to do to unwind and completely disconnect from the business that you now uh, run? So what would I like to do after work? <laughs> he, he doesn't know what after work is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is, is that's that's is the fucking, that's the fucking problem. There is no after work for me. <laughs> that's the problem I'm actually standing I'm not going to lie to you I'm standing in a customer's driveway right now having this conversation <laughs> I'm not going to lie <laughs> I don't I don't wind there is no winding time is money if I'm not if I'm sitting I'm losing money listen my old man always told me he said John the only way you're going to rest is when you're dead <laughs> He said, Saturday, Sunday, that's a fucking excuse to take off of work. It's just another day. That's what he always told me in my life. Saturday, Sunday's an excuse to take off of work. And that's why I never take vacation. My old man was a hardcore. I'll tell you a, a quick, quick story. You guys can take it from there, whatever you want to do with it. But that, I, I'll never forget it, Eric, right? Like I said, I went. I never went to school in Ireland. We never, I never stepped foot in school. So my father was a nasty mason. He was unbelievable. He did pretty much any brickwork in our area where I used to live in Ireland. Yep. So my house to this particular job that we were doing was eight miles Okay, from my house to this job that we were doing, emails. I'll never forget. I was, I was five or six. I was in around there. I forget. I was five or six. We walked 
So it's me, my dad, and my four other brothers, okay? Four or five other brothers. One of them was a lazy shit. I forget if he never even came with us. I don't know. I don't don't remember. (laughs) But we walked, true story, we walked those eight miles. So I used to carry the two bags with all the travels and stuff inside it. My other brothers carried the heavier stuff. One of my brothers carried the cement mixer, stuff like that. You get to the job. Now, I'm a tender. I'm, say, six years old, okay? <laughs> I'm a tender to these guys. This is a God-honest truth. Next time you meet my brothers, Eric, when they come, you ask them this story. No lie. Yeah. So, you know the staging that they set up for buildings, the scaffold? We were at least six stages high. Easy. Six stages high. The stairways up there are very short, we didn't have lifts. We had nothing back then. So I'm the cement mixer. I made all the cement. I made all the mortar for the guys for the brick, my brothers and my dad. So mix That's it. That's a ripe old age of six years old. I'm six. Uh, no lie, man. I'm six no, years no, I old. I know, I know, I know. So, <laughs> Not so a little I, I, this is how long I've been doing it. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't find people like me and other people out there who've done it just like me. You, did, you don't yeah. find people like that no more. So I mix, I mix the mortar. I put a, uh, you know, I'm six years old. So I put it uh, half a bucket into it. I fill it up halfway. So I climb up all the way up, get onto the stage. And I give my brother, my brother, 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 all the way down. And I go to my dad and I knock out the rest into his pan. I didn't even get halfway around to walk away. He said to me, Hey, get the fuck over here. I go, what's up daddy? And he goes, hey, God give you two arms, two full fucking buckets next time. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> and I go, yes, dad, no problem. Ever since then, I was a man. <laughs> Different. And you've seen the size of the fucking ox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like it's Ever working. since then, I was a man. That fucking guy, even though how harsh and how harsh those words were, God gave you two arms, two full fucking buckets next time. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. You'd go to jail nowadays for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially in the U.S. That's the difference, man. You know, we're, we're different breeds over there. We're different. We drink and smile. That's what we do. We drink, smile and work. That's what we do over there. Different breeds. Just for our audience to know, John is the largest individual out of all of his brothers. So I guess the youngest one had to carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's no, 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 no. I'm the largest because I had to carry the fucking buckets up the staging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For all those son of a bitches. Okay. For the audience out there, my youngest, my my oldest brother is is five. Well, actually, all my brothers are five, five eight to five nine. I'm 6'3", 350 pounds. They're 5'9", at fucking 180 pounds. They got the easy shit. You know? You know, and they go, they under, they always say, what are you, a postman? I go, no, you guys work me like a fucking animal. Because <laughs> it's the difference. <laughs> you know, younger brother gets shafted all the time. <laughs> well, well uh, John, this was, this was friggin' awesome. And, um, I don't. I don't even know what to say. This is. This is. I. I'd have to say, uh, no, one of our best. Opening. Yeah, yeah, one of our best. Yeah, eye opening for sure, especially from another country. Yeah, coming to the U.S. type thing. A hundred percent. But I thank you for coming on the podcast, and uh, 
look forward to uh, actually doing another one with you because I'm sure there's a little bit more stories that we want to hear. It takes a lot for me to do this. You know, I'm, I'm not that type of guy. I'm a worker. Eric, I told Jeremy, this is not my style, but I'm doing it for you guys. I love you guys. Your product is fucking awesome. And that's why I'm doing it. Uh, I want to, of course, see you guys even get bigger and bigger and bigger like anybody else. No. Uh, and I'm excited for you guys. Your guys are awesome. You're good dudes. Your product's great. And I'm excited. I'm very excited for you guys. You guys are doing an awesome job out there. Likewise. Awesome. Likewise. Thanks, John. This was, this was awesome.